Let's open our Bibles this morning to Colossians chapter number 4 as we continue our study in the book of Colossians in just a couple more weeks. And uh, I'm looking forward uh, to uh, finishing this book, but I've enjoyed it and I've really enjoyed teaching through it. Um, we're going to uh, for the month of September, once we've, we're going to finish Colossians here in the next month, and then once we uh, get to September, we're going to do a three-week series kind of different than what we normally do. Typically, we go verse by verse, book by book through the Bible. We're going to take three weeks and just talk about what happens when a Christian dies. For three weeks, just teach on what happens when a Christian dies. So I look forward to that. Again, we'll start that in September. But Colossians chapter number four, as we continue in our, our study, Colossians chapter number four, we'll begin reading in verse number two, and we'll be in verses two through six this morning. Colossians chapter four, verse number two. Word of God says this, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us. That God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. She may know how you ought to answer Every man. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you. And Lord, we do thank you, Lord, as we've already worshipped this morning and sang your praises. God, we thank you for loving us in spite of us. God, we thank you for your grace this morning. Lord, I thank you for your blood that's been applied. Lord, I pray this morning as we continue, uh, Lord, teaching and preaching uh, through this letter to the church at Colossae. God, I pray that you'd grow each one of us. God, I pray that you'd start with me this morning. Lord, I pray that you would teach us through your word. Lord, I pray that we would see you high and lifted up. Lord, I, I thank you for how good you are to us. Lord, I thank you for your love. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, today that everything that's said and done in this place, God, would bring you glory. In your precious and your holy name we pray. Amen. We've been, uh, of course, studying this letter that Paul wrote from this prison cell. He wrote it from a prison cell to, to the church at Colossae. And he's been warning them. We saw in the first couple chapters, he was warning them about false doctrine that had begun to infect the church and it began to spread. And he's like saying, hey, be aware of these things. Don't give in to these heresies. But here in, in chapter number three, he began to talk about what a, a Christian looks like and what a person who has a new life or a new man looks like. We've, we've seen this. We've reviewed this. We've talked about this. He talked about how as believers and as followers of Jesus, there's some things that we put off. We all remember that. He started out by saying, listen, sexual sin should not be named among us. He talks about a covetousness should not be part of our lives. He, he goes on to say that, listen, as a new man, we shouldn't be people that gossip. Our, our words, and he's going to address that again in this text, our words, listen, they should be uh, as he says here, they should be gracious. They should be loving. He, he says there's some things we should put off. Then he said there's some things we should put on. If you remember, those things like humility. We should be clothed in that. Man, things like kindness. Man, we should be people that are kind. The new man, believers, followers of Jesus are people that are kind and they're gracious and they're humble. And listen, they are, they, 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 when they find people that are different than them, they're not judgmental. They don't necessarily accept everything the person's doing, but they accept and they love the person. He talked about forgiveness and patience. Man, he talked about all of those things. Those are what a Christian wears, love. He says, listen, a Christian should be a person that, clo that is clothed in love. 
Then he, he, he went on to say this, we must let the word of Christ. If we're a new man and we're believers, we should let the word of Christ dwell in us. The word of God should be inside of us. He addressed a Christ-centered home. And what that looks like. He gave uh, some uh, admonition to husbands and to wives and to children. And then comes back around and speaks to the fathers. Then the last week, and I want to encourage you. I never self-promote or even talk about my own sermons. But if you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go back there and listen to it. About what a Christian looks like in the workplace. Man, how should a Christian live in the workplace? Man, it was, uh, some good thoughts for us to consider. And as he continues to address the church at Colossae, and he begins to wrap up this letter, man, he begins this this conclusion. He gives believers, the new man, followers of Jesus, the beginning of some final instructions. That's where we find ourselves this morning. Let's dive into our text. Look at verse number 2 this morning. Word of God says this in verse number 2. Continue in prayer and watch... In the same with thanksgiving. First two words right here. What does he say? Continue in prayer. Paul knew that prayer would absolutely make a difference. He had begun this letter back in chapter number 1. Letting the church at Colossae know that he had been praying from them from prison. So here he is in prison. And he still cared enough to pray for this church. He was in jail, but still praying for his brothers and his sisters in the Lord. He had genuine concern, genuine care for his church. The word here, continue, implies persistence and fervor. I mean, it, it has this, this whole verse carries the idea of being strong in prayer. And can I just say this this morning? There is power in prayer. Does anybody still believe that this morning? Here's the problem, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, a little bit more. Many times we don't pray because we have a low view of God. We don't really believe, we, we believe it because we're religious, but if we really believe it, can I say this, guess what it will do? True belief, guess what it will do? It will move us to action. If we truly believe that prayer uh, can make a difference and prayer can change some things, guess what we will do if we truly believe it? Somebody help me this morning. We're going to pray. Man, if we really believe that, man, God can change things, we're going to go to His presence and we're going to talk to Him and we're going to pray. He says here, continue in prayer. So if they have to continue in it, guess what? They were already doing it. Okay, so he says, listen, continue in prayer. If you've been praying, keep on praying. And let me just say this to you this morning. Maybe your prayer life suffered. Maybe you haven't been praying. What a better day than to start today. You can't go back and change yesterday, but you know what you can change? You can change today. So he says, continue in prayer. And then look at this next phrase. Watch in the same with what? Thanksgiving. So he says, be vigilant in prayer, but also in thanksgiving. Man, this verse literally carries the idea of being awake. Realize how good God's been to you. So he says, the follower of Jesus, first of all, prays, and then guess what they also do? Man, they, they, th- they give thanksgiving, which we might call it this, they give praise. Man, private prayer, public prayer, private praise, and public praise. Pray and give thanks. Continue praying and continue giving thanks. Think about who's writing here. I think we forget this. He's sitting in a jail cell. Sitting in prison. And he tells the church, hey, y'all pray. Give thanks. 
I mean, if I sit in in a prison cell, I might pray because I want to get out of there. But I'm not going to be saying, it might be hard to be sitting in the jail cell and say, man, God's been so good to me. Man, it, it might be hard to say, hey, Matt, come to the piano and play my favorite song. God's been good. And then play, play that other one, Matt. The goodness, his goodness is running. Is everybody trying me? It's easy when things are going well. But what Paul is teaching the church here is this. Even when things aren't going well, even when I'm sitting in the prison cell, I must learn to pray and I must learn to praise. By the way, we find out who we are when things aren't going well. Somebody help me here. It's easy to praise when there's money in the bank. It's easy to praise when, listen, it's easy to praise when things are going well. It's easy to praise when my marriage is good. It's easy to praise when the kids are actually listening sometimes. Hey, it's easy to praise when my health is going good, my family's health's going good. Hey, but can I just ask you this this morning? What about when you're sitting in that prison cell? Hey, what about when things aren't going well? What about things aren't going your way? What about when business is bad? What about when relationships, listen, aren't well? What about when things don't go your way? Paul says, listen, church, if you're a follower of Jesus, listen, church, if you're, if, he says, follow my example as I follow the Lord. And even when it's bad, pray. Even when it's bad, praise. Continue in these things. Continue praying and giving Thanks. Listen, we've got some reasons this morning to praise the Lord, don't we? Hey, we've got some reasons to be thankful this morning, don't we? Hey, you may have a prayer request, but in that prayer request, man, follow it up with some praise. When I'm having a bad day, can I tell you one of the best things it does that gets my mind right? You ever had a bad day? When you just feel like, you feel like God's intangible maybe, or He's not at work in your life, can we just be honest with each other? I have those days too. I have days in my life where I'm like, man, this stinks. <laughs> I have days in my life where it's like, man, God, are you even there? <clears throat> That's what Habakkuk the prophet prayed. God, where are you? There's political corruption going on. There's, there's murders going on. There's all this stuff. God, where, anybody ever felt like that before? You know what I have to remind myself? That even in the prison cell, even in the valley, God has been so good to me. I wonder how many of us, maybe we're going through something and we just, we ain't praying and we ain't praising. Maybe we just need to take out a sheet of paper sometime. And just start writing down some of those little things where God's just been good to us. See, we forget. We got short, short-term memories. It's kind of how we are in relationships. We have this idea. We, we say things like, that, what have you done for me lately? And if we're not careful, that's how we'll look at God. God, can I just remind you this morning of all he's ever done for you, a savior, sorry soul. God's been good to you this morning. That's all he's done for you. Listen, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve Think about this. I, I think about this so often. Man, I deserve hell this morning. Paul knew it. Paul's sitting in a prison cell. Paul never forgot what God had done in his life. I wonder how often we forget. Man, I wonder how often we, we don't remember. And so he says, continue in prayer. Continue in Thanksgiving. Be awake. Don't ever forget what God's done for you. Look what else he says. Look at verse 3. Keep your Bibles open. Look at this. With all praying also for us. Look at this. That God, he's sitting in prison, would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Verse 4. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. 
So he starts out by telling the church this. Pray and be thankful. And then he says, while you're praying, pray that God would use me to get the gospel out. It's an amazing thought. He doesn't say this. He doesn't say, pray that I would get out of prison. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say pray. And Paul had already seen some miracles, hadn't he? He'd already seen God get him out of prison one time. He doesn't say, God, would you come down again at the midnight hour and we're going to sing and we're going to praise. Would you open these prison doors? No, you know what Paul prays as he's in prison? God, help me to be a witness in the state that I'm in. Help me even in prison, listen, to be able to tell people about your redeeming love and about your redeeming grace. He doesn't ask God to meet needs or to free him. He asked others to pray that God would use him. He asked God to help him be a witness. He asked God to help him reach those around him. And he cared for the souls of other people. When you pray and when you praise, you know what it leads to? Man, it leads to a reminder of how good God's been to you and how we need to tell other people about what God has done in our lives. Man, Sometimes we've we got to remember that salvation and that God's place. Paul, he didn't forget that. He knew that those men sitting around him in prison and those jailers, listen, that was his mission field at that time. He's in the prison cell. He never forgot who he was when he started down the Damascus Road and who he was when he left it. Man, he knew that God's grace had been so real for him. I put it this way in layman's terms. Listen, he never got over the fact that God had saved his, saved his soul. Man, sometimes we kind of get over it, don't we? If we're not careful. I mean, after we've been saved and we've been in church for a little while, it's almost like some of the stuff bores us. I mean, they start singing about it's under the blood. Can I just say this? If you've been saved by the blood of the Lamb, you may not lift your hand, but that hair on the back of your neck better have been standing up during that song. You see, at one time where it moved us and we think about it, it doesn't anymore. Paul never lost that. That's what prayer and thanksgiving does. It keeps it on fire in our Heart. Look at verse number five and look what happens. Look at look at look what happens. Walk in wisdom toward them which were the out. Look at this. Redeeming the time. So he says, walk in wisdom towards those that are outside the church. That's what he's saying. I need to, man, I need to have a burden. I need to have wisdom towards those that are outside the church. So he says, you, God, I pray that you will use me to reach those that do not know you. He says, I want to use my time to love them, to pray for them, and to reach them. He had a burden for those that were not in the church. And then look at verse number six. This is one we all need to highlight. Memorize. We'd have revival if Christians get a hold of this one. Let your speech be always with grace. Seasoned with salt. That ye may know how you ought to answer every man. It's amazing that he's, he says this. Pray like you should. Be thankful be a witness, and guess what a natural byproduct of that is? And by the way, you can tell if people have been spending time with Jesus by how they talk. Somebody that's always critical, everybody right up here. Somebody that's always critical, someone that's always negative, someone that, is everybody, listen, because what's on the inside, guess what's going to happen? It's going to come out. When you pray, when you praise, it will change the way you speak. It will change the way you answer. It will change you from the inside. So here he's talking about Christ-centered speech. He, he says we must speak with grace, God's grace, 
and graciousness. It means this. We should speak words that are kind and gracious even when others don't deserve it. Seasoned with salt. Man, that good flavor, that good taste. Man, that preserving of a relationship. Our answers should be with grace, seasoned with salt. And specifically, it's even talking here about how we talk to unbelievers. How we talk to people that don't agree with us. Some of us can't even talk to believers right. Some of us are just mean. He says this, man, our words should be seasoned with salt. They should be gracious. They should be loving. You see, he gives us three things in the beginning of the closing of this letter. Three reminders about what the gospel had done in his life and what it should be doing in our lives and what we should continue in. You see, we're good at being religious. (laughs) We are. We're good at being at church. We're good at being conservative politically. We're good at going through the motions many times. But you know where we really find out what kind of Christian we are? It's not those things. It's how we talk to and how we treat people that are different than us and that we disagree with. It takes a spirit-filled person, doesn't it? I mean, it takes a person that has God's grace and Holy Spirit inside of them. And I want to just ask you this. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to give you three practical things if you're not already mad at me this morning that would help us as we go. But I want you to think about this. Our words are a fruit of something else. They are. And I want to just ask you this. What, do you, what is it that you speak? Do you speak grace? Do you speak love? Do you speak forgiveness? Do you speak Christ? Because here's the truth of the matter. What's on the inside of you is what comes out. If you speak bitterness all the time, what does that say about you? If you speak negativity all the time, what does that say about you? Man, if you're always tearing down other people all the time, what does that say about you? If you're a gossip, what does that say about you? If you're mean, what does that say about you? I'll tell you what it says about you. You don't do the first two things. You don't pray and you don't praise. Because if you pray and you praise, guess what a natural byproduct of that is? It's a Christ-like spirit. Number one, the first thing he tells us to do right here. So let's just, since we're all in the same boat together, because we just mean sometimes. First thing that he says this, listen, if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, the first thing that should be part of our lives, that should be a personal discipline, y'all listen to me, everybody look at me, that every one of us should have as part of our lives, number one is prayer. Titled the sermon this morning, be full of it. Truth of the matter is, some of us come into church every week and we leave here and we are full of it. We need to be full of these things. First one is prayer. Can I just ask you this morning... And this is like Christianity 101 this morning, 100. Did anybody ever take bonehead English? None of y'all ever went to college and you had to take it. Okay, I did. I failed the, the entry test. I had to take bonehead English. This is bonehead Christianity this morning. Prayer, y'all listen to me, should be, the, it should be a personal discipline for every person sitting in this room that knows Jesus. If you know Jesus, you should pray. I want to give you some things to remember about prayers just so we can think about this morning. First thing is this, listen, prayer is a privilege. You understand we have a privilege to prayer? 1 Timothy 2, 5 says there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. See, we forget that there was a day in this world where you could not approach God yourself. We forget that sometimes. Man, we forget that there was a day, man, you'd have to go, is everybody, man, you'd have to go make those sacrifices, and you have to go through a priest on those holy days, and if you were in the presence of God, you were probably going to die. But God, 
so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he became that mediator. And now, once that veil was torn in the Holy of Holies, we can go boldly to the throne of grace. Listen, we can go through Jesus Christ. We don't have to go through a priest. He is our priest. You have the opportunity and the privilege to talk to God. That's awesome. Man, I have some people like, man, that I look up to, and if I had the opportunity to go sit with them for like, and you have some like this. If I could have the opportunity to go sit with them for like 10 or 15 minutes and 20 minutes and ask some questions, man, I'd wait in line to do that. Man, there's some people I would even pay money to go sit with to ask some questions and spend some time with them. Why? Because I want to glean from them. I want to learn from them. I want to communicate with them. I want to get to know them. We have the privilege every day to go into the presence of God and just to talk to Him and spend time with Him. I want to challenge you, if you're not doing that, start doing it. It's a privilege. You know, sometimes it's work. Prayer can be hard work. The psalmist said in Psalm 63, Oh God, Thou art my God. The psalmist said it this way, Early will I seek Thee. Jesus, often in the New Testament, it said this about him, that he would go into a mountain or he'd go into a solitary place, Jesus himself, alone, early in the morning, and he would spend time with God. Man, sometimes it can be work. It's a privilege, but it takes work. It takes scheduling. It takes being specific. It takes being deliberate about it. Man, sometimes prayer can be a battle. 1 Peter 4, 7, but the end of all things is hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Prayer is an opportunity. Jeremiah 33, 3, I quoted a lot. The prophet said this, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not and maybe we'll never know them because we aren't praying about them. Listen, it's an opportunity. It is vital. Luke 18, chapter number 1 says this, uh, uh, that we should pray. We should always pray so that we we do not faint. Let me give you one more. Listen, there, and, and I think sometimes the reason we don't pray is because we become distanced from God. And here's the, here's the problem. God hasn't, if you're distant this morning, God hasn't changed. Guess who's changed? We have. When I find myself not praying and not in the Word like I should, guess what? It's not God that's changed. It's that we've changed. Man, there's some things that the Bible says that can separate us from God if we're not careful as far as our... He doesn't separate from us. We separate from Him. He says, I mean, sometimes you can have selfish motives. He says in the book of James, this, James 4, 3, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. Sometimes, man, the reason He may not hear us, we may not pray, is because we're praying selfishly. Man, there's times that He says this, if you turn away from Scripture... We won't pray. Proverbs 28, 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Man, if we have an unforgiving heart, listen to this one. Mark eleven twenty five. When ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespassers. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive yours. How about this one? Mar- marital discord. 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of life. Listen to how this finishes. That your prayers be not hindered. Man, these are reasons we don't pray sometimes. Man, we're going through life. Man, we're having marital problems. Or we, we have unforgiveness. We have bitterness. Or, man, we, we, we have, we've turned away from Scripture. Maybe this one, maybe sometimes we just simply doubt God or we don't believe He can. 
James 1, 6, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Can I just say this? When it comes to prayer, we all have the same opportunity. We choose daily if we are going to spend time with God or not. When we do not spend time with God, we are saying, God, I got this. I don't need you. God, I can parent on my own. God, I can be the husband that I need to be on my own. God, I can be the wife that I need to be on my own. God, I can be the boss or the employee. Does everybody see what I'm saying there? Listen, when we don't ask God for his help, we're saying, God, I got this. How many of y'all figured out we mess it up most of the time? Anybody else like that? When I try to do it on my own, I make a mess out of it. I need God. I mean, there's times where anybody else ever make a bad decision? Man, I've made some. James chapter 1, verse number 5, listen, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and abraith not. Listen, many times we just need to simply ask God. Some of us make dumb decisions all the time. Part of the reason is we don't stop and ask God for help. I figured this out that I'm an idiot. Some of y'all don't know that you're an idiot yet. You need to figure it out. And if you're sitting there, I'm not an idiot, you're the one I'm talking to. If you think you can do this thing on your own, I, how many of y'all figured out, and I've learned this the hard way, when I try to do it on my own, God has a funny way of humbling me. He'll remind Jake, you ain't, no, you ain't as big as you thought you were. You can't do this on your own. I mean, you try to be the husband that God's called you to be on your own. How many of you, how many of you men figured out, we idiots, we can't? Somebody help me this morning. Man, I want to just encourage you to do this. Before you make some big decisions, before you move, before you... I've had people come to me and say, Preacher, we're going to move and we're going to do this. And I, want to, I, I always ask them, hey, have you prayed about it at all? Well, no, but it's a better job and it's a better place and all this stuff. You better pray about it. I'm just telling you. Just because it seems better don't mean it's God's will. Man, you want to pray for His leading. You want to pray for His wisdom. You want to pray for his help. I've seen people go into to, to the wedding altar and they never one time prayed about if this is the person I, uh, God wants me to marry. Can I just tell you this? If you marry the per, a person that is not, is that, it's going to be some problems. We better pray. How many of y'all figured out that raising kids ain't easy? So here's the question. Can I kind of ask you this? Have you prayed for them? Man, have you lifted them up? Raising kids is tough, man. It's hard. How many of y'all figured out marriage is hard? Don't look at me like y'all never had no problems. <laughs> marriage is tough, man. We got this false perception of marriage from all these Disney movies back in the day. I think we're going to get married. Man, it's just going to be roses and peaches and cream all the time. Huh? We're going to ride off in a sunset. Never going to have a problem. She'll never disagree with me. She's always beautiful. Her breath never stinks. That's how we grow up thinking it's going to be. Then we get there and you, you ain't got no makeup on. Listen, marriages can be hard. I mean, there can be disagreements. There can be major problems. I mean, we need prayer as part of our marriage. I mean, I need, if I'm going to be the husband that, Sarah, that, Sarah, that God's intended for Sarah to have, guess what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to be a man of God and decide that I'm going to pray daily. Some of us need to take our families back by being just men of prayer and ladies of prayer. Man, if I want my kids, listen, you can raise your kids in church. You can even pray. We're not even guaranteed they're going to turn out right. We better be praying. We're living in some jacked up days, y'all. We don't know. Listen, our culture is messed up. 
And we need to be gracious. We need to be loving. But I'm going to be praying like crazy. Man, that my, I mean, some of y'all, listen, the, the way that our world's confused and the stuff your kids are going to hear at school, I'm just being honest with you. They need our prayers, y'all. Stuff they're learning, that they, they came from a monkey. That's what your kids are being taught. I mean, they're animals. That's what they're being taught. They do whatever they want. They, they can decide what they is. God decided that long time ago. We ain't going into a biology lesson this morning, but it ain't complicated. Somebody help me this morning. It's not. We got to pray for them. Man, some of you have adult children right now that are away from God. And rather than pushing them away, rather than, can I just tell you what the best thing you could do for them is just to pray for them. And I remember when I was away from God, and I'll, I'll hasten. I was away from God early on when I was a, a young adult. Man, I was, man. I was tired of it. I was tired of judgmental Christians. I'd grown up in all that stuff. Man, I was tired of fakeness. Didn't want anything to do with it. I remember I'm thankful that I had a mom that never stopped praying for me. She never stopped praying. And you may not think that it works. I'm just telling you by testimony. Prayers can work. The Holy Spirit conviction is real. And I remember walking from, I shared the story, I remember when I was away from God and my wife and, or, or my mom and uh, sister and dad were going on a mission trip to Ireland and they didn't want to leave me at the house because they knew if I had that house, guess what was going to happen? We were going to have the biggest party this side of, is anybody awake in here this morning? It was going to be, some of y'all were a lot better kids than me. We were, it was going to be on. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about on, like epic so they're like, uh-uh, you ain't staying here. So they actually put me up in one of those extended stays. <laughs> That's how messed up I was in one of those extended stays. It was close to where I worked, so I would leave that extended stay every day and work, went, to, went to work while they were on this mission trip. And I, I've told, I shared this with you before. I remember walking to work every day, Jay, walking to work, and hearing in my head, somebody's praying for you. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Don't tell me it's not. Saying, I'm praying for you. Somebody's praying for you. Man, I get chills thinking about it. I mean, that's when God began to really work in my life. And it took a long time before I got everything right. But I'm just telling you, don't give up on those young adults in your life. Show them God's love. Show them God's grace. Man, show them God's prayer. Some of you have a spouse right now that's away from God. You know the best thing you could do for them is not to preach to them every day. It's when they don't even know about it to get on your knees and ask God to change them. Prayer. Man, it can make a difference. And that's what Paul's saying. You follow Jesus, continue in it. Man, sometimes prayer may not change the situation, but here it is. You know what prayer will change? It'll change you. And maybe it's not the situation <laughs> that needs changed. Maybe it's you that needs changed. Maybe that person you won't forgive more than them to get right. Maybe God wants you to just let it go this morning. Prayer will change you. And the first thing he says is continue in prayer. You know the second thing he does? Once you've prayed, it leads to thanksgiving and it leads to praise. Can I just say this? Praise and prayer should be part of our lives privately, but they should be part of our lives publicly. You want to have a better day tomorrow? Can I just give you some helpful advice? Turn on some Christian music and begin to praise God. Some of us start up our Mondays mad. I'm that way sometimes. I, as a pastor, you know what the worst day of the week is? Monday. 
You could have the best weekend. We could have a packed out church. But you, have, you get one email was from somebody because it was too cold in the auditorium. And guess what you think about? That one email. Lance Armstrong, the great a cyclist and drug addict. Y'all ever heard of him? He would be riding up the Tour de France. And this is what he said. As I was riding up that hill, man, there'd be thousands cheering for me. Thousands cheering for me. And one person booing. And guess who I would remember? The one person that's booing. Some of us wake up Monday morning and we're just hearing the booing of our boss, the booing of our family. You know, can I just help you? Start praising the Lord. Man, wake up tomorrow morning and say, God, thank you for being so good to me. God, thank you for saving me. God, thank you for your blessings on me. God, thank you. Is anybody awake in here this morning? We've got so much to be grateful for this morning. What happens is we naturally focus on the negative rather than the positive. I'm the same way. We just do. It's easy to see the negative. We like negativity. Man, I want to encourage you, like positivity. Man, wake up with a spirit of prayer. I came in the office this morning. I was here early this morning. I was here at 540. I got here and started reading a little bit. I just, just a little bit of, you ever had a mind fog? I was in that mind fog. Well, then I started playing that song that the choir sings about, uh, I once was a wretch. What's that song? What is it called? No, that one charity Gale sings. Alicia sings on here. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. I started playing that song, and guess what? All my problems, all those issues, all those things I was worried about, when I saw him high and lifted up, and I remember who I was and who I am, and that I'm not everything I should be, but I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. I was about that time having one of those Pentecostal worship services in my office, just sitting there. Th- is everybody waking there? Some of us need to do that every once in a while. It would help us have a better day. But some of us wake up automatically. We hit and snooze three times. We're angry at the world. We hate politics. We're mad at the White House. We're mad at all this stuff. Gag a maggot this morning. God's been so good to us. Praise Him. Man, pray and praise Him. And you know what that will lead to? When we are praying and we're praising Him, guess what happens? We have gracious words. Grace and salt. When praise and prayer are in the inside they will come out. What's on the inside is what we're full of and what will come out. So think about this one. Are you full of jealousy this morning? You full of, are you full of it? Are you full of jealousy this morning? How about this one? Are you full of gossip? Are you full of bitterness this morning? If you are, it comes out. How about this one? Are you full of prayer? Are you full of positivity? Are you full of praise? Maybe word it this way. Do you give grace? Do you show grace? I mean, I have people every once in a while, you need to go take care of this preacher. And you know what I want to say to them? What if I took care of her every time somebody came to me about you? You know, you see what I'm saying? We got to show grace to each other. Love, that's what being a Christian's all about. Grace and forgiveness and love. Hope. Paul says continue in these things continue in prayer continue in praise let your let let your words always be full of grace seasoned with salt you know you can speak the truth and be nice about it be loving about it man I'm thankful that I have some friends in my life that that they don't know Jesus I'm thankful for that Jay but I'm thankful I can have a conversation with them and we don't always have to talk about what we disagree about and God gives me opportunities many times to sit across the table with them and just show love and grace and see, hey, you don't have to be mean to be a Christian. You don't have to get the last word in always to be a Christian. 
You don't have to, and I think number four of my last point last week is you don't have to be a stinking jerk to be a Christian. You can be a nice guy and love, and love Jesus and take a stand. You can be kind and gracious, love Jesus and take a stand. Aren't you? Hadn't he been so kind to us? Man, hasn't he been so gracious to us? He knows everything about me, y'all. <laughs> he knows everything that's in here, everything that's in here. But you know, he's still kind. He's still gracious, and he's still loving to me. Man, that's what he's called us to be to a world that doesn't know him. Think about it this week. Heads bowed, eyes closed, let's stand on our feet. Matt's going to sing. Be some counselors out front if you need somebody to pray with. They'll be here after the service as well. Matt's going to sing this morning. Think about it this morning. Continue in prayer.